All right, good people, we're gonna go ahead and get started. And of course, as everyone starts to log on, they'll just flow through as we normally do. Um, for those that are new to the call, my name is Chelsea. I am from Tallahassee, Florida, and for now two months, it's so crazy every time I say that, a group of coaches just have been getting together to just talk about our faith and in all these times, you know, on our different paths that we've, you know, grown up in and that we work in, how our faith has pushed us in the positions where we are now. So. I'm so thankful to have you, uh, Coach Davidson, for real, for just being willing when I reached out to you. Um, I see the energy exude through your coaching photos and just how much you love your athletes. And, you know, I'll go ahead and say to my sister, uh, Delcy Methodist Rorty Incorporated. Um, so I'm just so thankful to have you here today to join the ranks of this coaching family to just kind of encourage and empower us in these times. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Davidson, uh, recruiting coordinator from the University of Hartford. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I am kind of overwhelmed. I'm not really a, a huge speaker, um, but, you know, this quarantine has really pulled me and stretched me in a lot of ways, and um, I've kind of been open to that. So when you reached out, um, I, I thought it was God and nothing but God because I'm, I'm not a seeker of these. Um, so to be able to, to be on this platform and share my story, um, it's important to me and it's very genuine. Um, so Again, thank you for having me. Um, pretty much, you want me to just start with my story here? Uh, all on you, however you want to lead. You okay. go. Well, let's obviously let's start in prayer. Um, I'll just say a brief prayer. Um, Dearly Father, thank you for this opportunity uh, to be here today uh, in a time where today is not promised and tomorrow is not promised. And the day after that, we, we need to be mindful and grateful of the moment and the times that we share with people. So again, I thank you. Um, keep your arms around everybody on this call, our families, our loved ones, our uh, siblings, our uncles, everybody in this world. Um, just keep your arms around us. Um, continue to guide us. Keep us strong mentally, physically, um, and also spiritually. So in your name I pray. Amen. Uh, so just a little bit about my background. Um, I'm from Youngstown, Ohio which is about our south of Cleveland. Um, if you look it up, it's kind of a, a city that's going downhill, old steel mill, um, a lot of work ethic and blue collar. And uh, I really attest a lot of my work ethic to just coming up from that upbringing um, where we're from. It's the same area code as LeBron. It's about 45 minutes from him um, and it's earned, not given. And so that's kind of how I've always approached life. Um, I went to play uh, at Michigan State if you see me in person or if you know me, I'm probably about 5'3", five, 5'4", five, on a good day. Um, so uh, a lot of it came from within, the fight, the faith. Um, and so my journey um, in, in my faith, I grew up in the church. My dad was a deacon. Um, I went to church every Sunday. I was on every usher board, choir, anything my parents put me in growing up, I had to do it um, because that's how we were brought up. My family is brought up in the church. and so. I think my faith really grew stronger when I got to Michigan State my freshman year. Um, and I'll share this story that it took some years for me to share. Um, I was ranked pretty high coming out of high school. Um, I was about the number six point guard in the country. Um, had a lot of options. I was overwhelmed by the process. I wasn't a fan. I was kind of family based and strangers kind of weren't my thing. So the recruiting process was a little difficult for me. So 
I got to Michigan State. Um, mind you, in high school, I was a National Honor Society, three, four student. Never, if I got a C, my mama wasn't playing. Um, I, I never really had any troubles. Um, and so I got to college, did pretty good in the summer, um, but a lot of the, the transition really got to me. Um, it was hard. Um, things weren't easy anymore. I didn't have my family. Um, I was about four hours away from home with no car. Um, there was just a lot of things going on. And so I ended up being academically ineligible uh, via Michigan State's rules. Um, it wasn't the NCAA, it was Michigan State. And so I played in about eight games before I was ruled um, ineligible. And so um, our class was one of the, the highest at Michigan State in a long time. And so there was a lot of pressure and I was the highest recruit in that class. So there was a lot of pressure and, you know, my life quickly changed like that um, about mid-December. And so as an 18-year-old, four, year, four hours away from home, um, you're alone. I wasn't going home for Christmas break because I had, a, I had an obligation. I had a responsibility to my teammates to be there over Christmas break, over spring break, um, to just be there and be a good teammate and to practice um, and prepare them for games. And so we ended up going to the national championship that year. Uh, we lost to Baylor. We beat Tennessee. We weren't supposed to uh, with Candace Parker and, and crew. Um, we beat um, some pretty good teams and we weren't supposed to be there. It was a dream come true season. And for me, it was a very difficult season. So at that point, um, I learned a lot about myself and my faith. I grew strong with God. Um, I was in the dorms by myself a lot without transportation. Um, and it wasn't that my parents didn't care. It was four. They were four out. They had jobs. They had obligations. And I was an adult now. And so um, I think that, that that year is when I really grew in my faith. Um, and, I, and I continue to share that story now because it helps me um, with, with pretty much with being transparent with recruiting and with my players and under, letting them know that these things are, are going to happen and can happen if you don't do X, Y, and Z. So um, I share that story quite a bit now. And it was a difficult time. Like I said, we, we were – on a high of a season at the national championship. And here I was as an 18 year old at a low where basketball had been removed from me, my family had been removed, but I had to find strength inside. And, and a lot of that came from God um, and my family just having faith. And so I ended up finishing at Michigan State, um, had a decent career. We you know, went to a sweet 16 WNIT, my senior year championship, uh, we lost to Marquette. Um, I honestly, had no desire to really get into the college co coaching ranks. Um, I went home from college, a communications major. Uh, I started to teach uh, gym at my alma mater. And then I went back to school a year after I graduated. I decided that I can coach high school basketball and be a, a school counselor um, because of the academic issues that I had. Um, I felt that there was some lack of preparation at the high school level. You know, I was a good student. I didn't get in trouble. Um, so I never saw the guidance counselor. I didn't have those time management, you know, issues or in talks. I didn't have those how to be a student athlete at the next level. Nobody, I won't say they didn't care, but they knew I had scholarship offers and they knew I wasn't a good student. So I kind of fell in the crack. And, you know, my family is educated, but, you know, my father went straight to General Motors and provided a, a great life for us. Um, my mom did graduate from Kent State, um, but she wasn't a student athlete. So there were still some dynamics that, you know, I had a good support system, but things that I wish I would have learned as a, as a guidance counselor. So that was my passion, um, and it still kind of is. Um, and I became an academic advisor at a JUCO, a community college, um, no sports involved, and a, and a learning specialist. And so that gave me a lot of 
interaction with first generation students who could be anywhere from 20 to 50 years old. Um, and so you really had to break down and help them learn it. And that allowed me to work with people of different lives and aspects um, of learning. And so after that, um, I ended up coaching at my high school for about five years. Um, I started as a freshman coach. I had about three or four really good freshmen. We won our first game uh, by 40 and there was no more freshman team. They all went to JV and some varsity minutes. So um, my freshman coaching career was pretty quick, um, but I also was a JV head coach. And then I ended up coaching um, my last two years out of the five as the head coach of the varsity team. Um, I ended up coaching the athletic director's daughter at Youngstown State. Um, she went to our school, wasn't really a basketball player, but she gave her, you know, she gave full effort. And um, I treat all kids the same. If you give me effort, you know, I understand that everybody's skills level is not going to be the same and just, you know, to put in the work every day. But um, I ended up getting the opportunity um, to be a director of operations at Youngstown State about seven years ago. And I, I fell in love. I mean, you can go to work in sweats and Nikes and, and Under Armour. And I mean, it's, it's pretty great. So um, I had a couple jobs before that. Like I said, I was an advisor. I was a bank teller. Um, I did a lot of jobs that I think prepared me as a coach. Um, and so from Youngstown State, I ended up going down to the College of Charleston. Um, Candace Jackson, had, who had got the head coaching job that year, um, was my GA at Michigan State and did a lot for me uh, personally. I mean, she was the one on the track helping me get in shape with me taking those jobs. And so I went down there to help build her program. Um, and after that, I ended up getting an opportunity at Radford University. I uh, spent two, the, two years there with Mike McGuire. Um, we had some success there. He had already had a program that was well-oiled. I kind of stepped right in um, after some elite assistants had left. Um, and I stepped in and kind of just helped the program continue to grow. We ended up winning uh, the first conference regular season championship in 25 years. And then we lost on a buzzer beater to get to the NCAA tournament um, in our conference tourney. But um, obviously that program has continued to grow. I went back home to Youngstown State to become an assistant there uh, for two years where we had some success uh, in the WNIT um, appearance. And then I just completed my first year um, here at Hartford or the University of Hartford with Morgan Valley. Um, and it was a tough year, I will say, but there was a lot of, a lot of lessons and a lot of growth on and off the court for our kids and, and for us as a staff. So that's just a little brief uh, synopsis of my, my journey. And Coach, I heard you, um, one of the biggest things you said uh, before you started speaking, you said when I reached out to you, I could tell, you know, that you're not a speaker type person. And it's so funny we coaches, most people think when we teach and we coach that we are these type A personality people, and that's not always the case. Yeah. One of the biggest things that you said, you said, but I knew that that was God leading me. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, how you, along your path and your journey into each stage of your coaching career, where you knew that God spoke to you to make those moves and to navigate into jobs and sometimes maybe if you took that job and realized that maybe that wasn't the route that he had for you. Um, I'll say that my parents have instilled a lot in, in me from, from an early age. Um, there was times where I was even in, in college and even, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe even now I would call my parents and I'd be like, Hey, what do you think about this? And they'd be like, pray about it. I'm like, that's not, that's not, I need an answer right now. And so, you know, they always have, have told me just pray about it or, 
trust God and my dad's thing is stay focused, um, make a difference. So there's, there's always a thought outside of just personal um, desires and basketball desires. I, I think that, you know, you got to be in this business for the right reason and it's to make a difference in young women's lives. And, and I've been on the other side where I've been that young lady and I just want to provide the best opportunity at a university that we can provide. Um, and, and I think that's kind of helped me fight through some things, even situations that I've been in that I haven't necessarily agreed with or wanted to be. And I've always tried to take the positive in things and, and, and write those down and keep them. And then the negative things, just use it as things you don't want to be and what you don't want to become. Um, and there's still lessons in those things. Um, and I think that's kind of helped me on my journey of, you know, still just being faithful in the work and doing my job, um, remaining true to who I am um, and just being a genuine person. I, I think that, you know, you can't lose who you are in the midst of, you know, trying to develop young women because they see right through it. I mean, we're, we're talking about 18 to 22, sometimes 23, if you got a fifth, six year, year old, I mean, they, they're adults. And so the more transparent and, and, lessons that you share with them. Um, I think that kind of helps you maneuver. You grow as a person. I still grow every season. I learn new things about myself. Um, and so I think I, being open and just always praying about things kind of has been my go-to. We all as coaches have this, um, you know, have your playlist or your scripture that, that go to when things get tough and they get hard. Is there any instrumental scripture or um, you know, anything that you go back to when things get rough that that gives you back your balance in your center? Um, a couple. I, I, um, my jersey number was 13 and it was for Philippians 413. Um, honestly, when I got to high school, middle school, I was a different number and I think I got there and a senior was like, yeah, it's my number or whatever. So I, you know, I started being strategic on what number I really wanted going into high school and that was, again, something instilled in me, and I really believed in that, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that was big. I would write it on my shoe um, from that point on, um, and I would also write the phrase, never give up. Um, like I said, I, I'm about 5'4". I, I have an underdog mentality, and I, I'll go to war. So um, it's in my heart, and, and that's something that I truly believe in. No matter if a door is shut, there's going to be one that opens because that's how my, my steps have already been ordered, and my path is on that direction. So um, that and then um, Isaiah forty thirty one um, is another big one that I find strength in um, in a lot of ways. So those uh, two scriptures are really, really big for me. And like I said, my dad gives me a lot of little nuggets to stay focused and, and the go mad, he'll say sometimes, which is go make a difference. And it'll just be first thing in the morning. Um, he'll text me and he'll say, hey, good morning, go mad. And I know what that means. And so, you know, the days maybe I'm struggling, he gives me the strength to say, hey, go out there and make a difference. Um, and when I'm thinking maybe I'm not going to make a difference today, he's telling me to go make a difference. So those are just a few things that I, I keep close to my heart. Y'all know me. Y'all know I'll keep asking questions. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to let you all know that if y'all have something to say, you all can jump right in because I have quite a few. All right, so what I do have for you, Coach, and, and this is something that a lot of the coaches in the past weeks have talked about, too, being that University of Hartford is not a Christian school, I'm, I'm correct on that, 
Um, what are some of the things that you do if you do um, to kind of encourage your athletes to find that journey? I'm pretty sure along all of your walks before the University of Hartford and all the places that you've stopped, is FCA a huge proponent of what you do? Um, have you had young ladies that come in that may not have known um, Christ as their personal savior and you and your walk and how you, the foundation has been laid by your parents have helped them to kind of at least form a relationship or at least know who he is? Um, I'll say this. I, I've had um, some pretty good leaders where it, the school itself and, and what they are really hasn't come into play. We've kind of tried to lead by example. Um, I pray before games during the national anthem. Um, our kids pray in the locker room. And so just kind of being an example um, at whatever your institution that you're at, it has been first and foremost for me. Um, if they see me praying or they see me going to church, they might ask, hey, where are you going to church? And then I'll invite them. Um, I've had recruits ask me, hey, are there avenues uh, where I can attend a church service? And I might not know what they are or what their religion is, but we have uh, resources on campus. Uh, we also have uh, religion is a, a major. So there are things that are on campus that we guide them towards um, that are provided by the school. So we can freely guide them that direction. And then again, just, just being an example. Um, I don't think you always have to talk about it, um, but if they see you praying, if they you know, understand that every time something successful happens in your life, you're giving the honor to God. Um, I think that those are pretty much our biggest um, ways to, to reach out to the younger generation because they're watching. Um, they're watching more now than ever before. So just to be an example is probably the strongest point. Hey, Coach, somebody asked if you could give that um, scripture again, the passage in Isaiah. 4031. And for those that don't have that, that actually was one of my favorite ones. Uh, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So I'm pretty sure you all have heard that, that passage a lot. So that's where she finds that from. And that being said, Coach, when you, you know, seeing all these stops that you made, um, can you talk to us a little bit, especially some of us on different walks of our coaching career, you know, early, some of us are vets, different sports. Um, how did you know when it was time? Did you wait for those offers to come? But what told you it's time to move and which way to move? Um, to be honest, it's always, it's always been, I, I feel like, God, I, I haven't had to, what people would say, reach out uh, much for opportunities. I think that God has genuinely, genuinely placed people in my life where as I look back on the last seven years, I've been at, at the D1 level that, you know, there's always been somebody connected. Um, and that's why I think it's important to place yourself around good people. You know, I, I got in by coaching the athletic director's daughter and she wasn't a real basketball player, but he just watched how I cared for his daughter um, and still worked with her. Um, and that gave me an opportunity. And then again, I went down to Charleston where, I connected with somebody who, again, was doing laps on the track of me and Candace Jackson. And so I, I knew she cared for me and I wanted to work with her and help build her program. And so she ended up working with the head coach at Radford for five years at Richmond prior to. So when that job opened up, it was kind of, again, there was a connection. And so 
I think that's kind of how God works when you're, when you're intentional and you're genuine about what you want to do in life and you're passionate and, and you accept things as you're calling. I think that you don't necessarily worry about where your next move is. Um, it, it comes um, and it comes naturally. And, and that's really how it's happened for me. I can't, I can't say that it's been, Hey, somebody called, Hey, this, that. like, it's literally been, God has placed people in my life that they have had connections and it's been six degree circle. And, you know, I've gotten to where I'm at um, off of that. Trying to give y'all a moment. <laughs> I got one. Um, Psalms 37 and 23, if I'm wrong, forgive me. It says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And, um, and he that delights in his way. Uh, when I think about that scripture, always, always also brings me back to Genesis chapter 12, when um, Abraham, God just told Abraham to go. Um, but he went on a journey where he didn't have full instructions on where he was going, what he was going to do, how he's going to get there. He crossed to a country and, um, and had no clue. If you dig deep into it, there was a bunch of mountains there. So how did Abraham know exactly how to get to that Pacific mountain that God wanted him to get to? But like you keep, like you keep references here, on the call, um, your faith is in trusting God. You gotta have faith, um, definitely in the business that you're doing. Coach Nazar, I'm a middle school coach right now, athletic director. Uh, I coach college basketball for 12 years. You probably don't remember me. It was with Delaney Rudd. Um, okay. A little bit. I seen you at Rafford a couple of times. Been a long time. Actually, Gary uh, and I are pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the um, the journey is actually a part of the process, and like you said a few minutes ago, sometimes you're like God, you said, Dad, I want to answer. I'd be like, God, I want to answer. And sometimes he don't answer you. Matthew 6, 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness that all these other things shall be added to you. So you have to put yourself in a situation where you have to trust him in everything, every single thing you do because sometimes the journey is not easy. Sometimes the journey doesn't make sense. Um, Abraham thought he had to kill his son. But guess what? God always provided um, for Abraham throughout his process, throughout his journey. So um, I appreciate your testimony. I appreciate your journey. And um, I know God's going to continue to bless the works of your hands. Whatever desire your heart's going to be, uh, wherever you want to be, it, it's going to come to pass because I keep hearing your voice. You keep giving God the glory and the praise for everything, and your steps have been ordered. And just keep God ahead of everything you're doing. And um, you ain't seen nothing yet, so I'm going to stop right there. I can talk forever. Well, can, well it's, it's funny you, you started. I get excited dealing with the Bible. <laughs> it's funny right. you talk about trust because I had um, – uh, our church does a women's retreat and it's in a mountain and we say what goes on on the mountain stays at the mountain. Um, and my mom is one of the speakers there. And I don't know if it was the last one this year's got canceled, obviously, but I don't know if it's the year before last or, or two years ago, but, um, one of the, the theme was, do you trust him? And it was, do you trust him? Do you really, really trust him? Do you really, 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 really? And, and so that really makes you think, yeah, we say we trust God, but then we'd be like, all right, I need an answer. Then, then do you really, really trust him? And so um, I think that's something, another thing that usually keeps it, pops into my mind um, when I go through things. And it, if you followed our season or looked anything up, we won one game and it, you know, we had a lot of adversity and that's a whole different, a whole different zoom for a different day. But, um, you know, it was, it was trying. And when those times happen, it is. Do you trust him? Do you, do you understand what the journey is? Because I've been through situations now where I look back five years later, I, I, I should have been trusting on that situation. You know what I mean? It, it, it worked out perfectly for my, for my benefit. 
Um, and so that's the older I get, obviously with wisdom, you start to get more lessons and you get those, you know, you right. get those, <laughs> get those uh, lessons from us. But, um, you know, I, I kind of rely on that is do you trust them in those times where, you know, it's hard to trust. And, and, and if you can say, yeah, I do, sometimes it'll ease your mind and ease your heart and let them know, let you know that he's got it under control. And it's funny you say the heart thing. A lot of people trust God with their mind, but do you truly trust them with your heart? Because if you trust them with your mind, everything starts here. Mm-hmm. Everything starts here. But the Bible says God, God, man looks at the outward appearance, but God checks your heart. We can say it, we can think things, say things up here, but you do you really trust them to get you to where you're actually going to go to? Right. And it's a fight, it's a struggle. But like you said, over time, God will prepare you and put you in places and sit you down and close doors and open doors just to get you to listen. I'm God. I'm in control. The Bible says the earth is my footstool. So everything in this earth is by habits. Um, I control all this. You just have to come after me. You're, you're a king kid. And the other thing, you're a great speaker. You're a great speaker. So keep speaking. You're being stretched. There's going to be some more speaking engagements. Appreciate you. As you can tell, let me tell you, we're going to have uh, Robert at know We're going to have him on every time. It doesn't matter. Every time Robert speaks, I'm telling you, he speaks life. And I love that. And one of the things, just piggybacking off what you said, well, you and Robert both, that's one of the things that I think not only us as coaches, but as Christians that we have to do a better job of. You know, I talk to friends and family all the time and it's, you know, yeah, I trust God. And it's easy to say it when things are good. It's easy to say it when things are going our way and we're in our favorable mountaintop seasons. But as you hear me say a lot of times on here, when that valley moment hits, when God is trying to sit you down and teach you something and show you something, do we still trust him? You know, it's funny, you know, I was hearing somebody say in the midst of this pandemic and it's like, it's crazy. Why are you in fear? No, it's not fear. You know, we wear our seatbelts when we drive, right? We, we, we read the little writing or the fast whispering words people say about side effects. We take precautions on everything else. But when we trust God in the midst of everything else, God is asking us, sometimes it's in the valley moments that I need to teach you what's ready for your next. But sometimes we move so fast. And that's why I asked you the question about your positions. Sometimes we move this place, this place, this place, and that's fine. But have we really sat down to think about what God is asking us to do? And I'm so glad that Robert pinpointed, you're right, you are a speaker. You are. God has actually pushed you in these times because you have so much that is needed to be said, not only to us, but these young ladies that you're coaching, um, which actually led me into another question I had for you. Oftentimes, and of course, I'm in high school sports, and um, I know Coach Brian Lowe, who's on here, he asked the question last week, you know, how do we as high school coaches who have a little bit more structure and rules set in place to speak about God, um, how can we make sure that in our core values, in terms of just basketball and coaching or whatever sport you play, how do you align your core values as a coach with the core values of you as a Christian? Oh, that's a good question. I, I think that, you know, I, I don't necessarily personally talk about my core values. I, I try to display them. Again, they, these sometimes these kids go, whatever you say, go in one out here and out the other. And so just trying to be a daily example um, of those core values, um, which my core values are, are, are faith, fight, and fortitude. Um, I, I'm big on, uh, again, faith and just always believing, but you, you can't put that faith without a fight, um, because you're going to be tested in the moment you fold, 
Um, there's no fight in you. you. You had all the faith, but you didn't have that fight to, to make it through. And just the fortitude just to be persistent um, and, and continue to stay on, on your co course and your journey, no matter what comes your way. Um, and so those, again, I, I try to exude those every day. You know, when we weren't winning games. I tried to remain hopeful and, and say things positive in practice. I, I hopped in there, you know, to have some fun, um, to take the stress off of the kids, um, just to let them know it's not all about basketball. You know, we try to do things off the court um, to impact their lives. Um, and so things that, you know, I feel strongly about, I, I try to, um, again, just display them and, and, and try to, you know, I've been blessed to be here at Hartford because our, our head coach is very understanding and open uh, um, to a lot of cultures, to a lot of religion, and allow people to um, really tune into that. And so I've had conversation with players um, knowing that my, my boss supports it. And so that's key as well. If you can be with somebody who um, understands your journey and who you are as a person and you don't have to, um, you know, hide that or to, you know, be somebody that you're not. Um, that's kind of been my way of doing it. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a huge speaker. So I kind of try to just be an example, um, pray before games. Thank God. I mean, if you if you see the picture where we beat Stony Brook and it looks like we won a national championship because we had won our last game, I'm I'm on a bench looking like I'm playing peekaboo because my hand, I'm crying because I literally prayed, you know, that our head coach would have a win. I, I prayed that our kids would see some type of success from a tough season, no matter what the journey and whether the world is talking about us having only one win, I know our journey. And so that was fulfilling it enough. Um, and so those are the things that I, I try to just, you know, be about daily. Uh, um, I, like, I, like I said, I, I don't really speak on, on the, the values of my heart. I, I kind of just try to lead by example and drop nuggets when, when you have those real genuine conversation with your players um, and they reach out to you. Most of them seek it. Um, and so you're able to have the genuine conversations once you get to know them and have them, um, you know, just be real. Um, and you can have those conversations without having the fear of, you know, do I say this about being religion or going to church or, it, it usually comes natural if you're doing uh, going about it the right way. Coach G, did you want to ask um, your question that you put out in the comment box? No, do you want me to ask it? <laughs> oh, I got you. All right, so one of the questions that was here for you, Coach, um, uh, how do you address recruiting and uh, in the thought of what types of kids um, do you go after or morally perhaps? Um, if that makes sense at all. Sorry, Coach G, I, I forgot my man. He recovering from um, some tooth stuff, work being done, my bad. Um, but he just wants to know how do your morals um, play a part when you recruit? Um, I, I'm a firm believer. Uh, it's funny because that's how time, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in diversity uh, and, and really recruiting good people. Um, I understand that we all come from different backgrounds of life and, and you know, I went to a Catholic high school, but I'm Baptist. Um, and so I, I've been around different religions. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I think that this world has to learn that we, we've got to respect that. Um, and we've got to love people for who they are. Um, and that's really how I look at recruiting. I, I get to know kids. Uh, we, I, I'm at Hartford. So, so we're going to have to get in the gym and develop our kids. I mean, we're not getting the, the kids that can, you know, go behind the back between legs and, and one-on-one -on -one score 20 at will we're not doing that so a lot of the basketball side you know we're required to to develop um and so for me I would rather take a kid with good character hard work uh and, and good parents or, or guidance or whoever's in their life that 
you know, a respectable yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, whatever. Um, you know, just good human beings. And I think that's first and foremost today. Um, you don't want to, you don't want to have to coach kids where you're just trying to instill life lessons every single day. You want kids that want to get better, but take the lessons and the nuggets that you give them. They're not going to be perfect. Um, but just still kids that want to grow um, on and off the court. Um, and that's more the direction that I go when recruiting uh, and making calls and getting to know kids is how are those first conversations? Are, are you answering the phone saying what? Or, you know, just can't have a conversation. Um, those things, I think, matter. Um, more important than basketball. Obviously, at higher levels, you got to be able to put the ball in the hole as well. But um, for us, that's the unique um, kind of niche about being at a lower D1 um, is just being able to develop on the court and then have those conversations that lead to change off the court. Um, and so that's really where I go um, with recruiting. I don't necessarily watch if they're like praying before the games and stuff. Um, you can kind of you can kind of tell a person's character, um, how they're treating their teammates, whether they're looking at their coach in the eye. Um, those are all signs of respect, which I think lead to, um, again, being a good person. Um, and then you kind of get to know that a lot of them do have um, a strong faith base um, if they are, have a good soul. And so um, that's kind of the direction I go. Um, I'm not sure how everybody else does it, but that's what, what we've kind of been doing. And if you look at our roster, we're pretty diverse. We've got some We've got a kid from France. We've got a kid from Latvia. Um, we've got a kid from the Bronx. And so um, we are asking our kids to um, work it in a system, being on a team that's going to operate much like the world. And so I am big on that um, and trying to prepare kids for life after basketball. You're not going to be able to um, – you're just not going to be in a walk in a room every single time where somebody always looks like you. And you have to be, you know, open – uh, to doing so, and the earlier we can instill that in our young women, um, the better. You're so right, Coach, um, with that. And, you know, Coach G said good stuff. Uh, but I think you're so right with that because I think so often as leaders, and especially we have to understand that the world is not in the same belief system as we are. We're not going to look the same or practice the same things. Um, but one of the things that we are are leaders and we're in leadership and that being said, I've always been taught that leadership requires a level of discernment. And being on these calls, you know, I can see that in every one of us. Has there ever been a time where, you know, your discernment has led you a certain way, maybe about a player, maybe about a play, maybe about something within your, you know, organization. And it doesn't have to be this current position, but your discernment told you something different than the leader or the head coach of an organization. If that has happened, how did you navigate through that? Um, you know, that's something, again, uh, and I'll keep reiterating, I, I wasn't a big talker and I, I haven't been, but early on in my coaching career, you know, I, I observed a lot. And I, I tried to build those relationships where, you know, when I spoke, my, verse, my voice was heard. Um, and so as I started to mature as a college coach uh, and just having some years of experience, I really put an emphasis on getting to know my head coach, um, who they were, how I could communicate with them, when to communicate, what, what, what is their trigger, what, when are they mad, what do they look like when they're mad. So um, I became very cautious of, all of those things. Um, and it helped me to speak up and have a voice uh, when I would have those moments of discernment. And so I probably do have done it the most in the past year. Again, that's a, a testament 
a testament to my boss. Um, she's trusted me a lot and heard my voice on a lot of things and a lot of different aspects of our program. And so um, I've gotten to know her. Um, we talk almost every day. Um, and it's not always about basketball on the court. Um, we talk, we've talked about these issues going on. Um, and so I think that has been a biggest thing for me is just, you know, just growing and being, you know, being strategic and thoughtful and when to speak about those discernments. Cause you, you get them, you, you understand what you're feeling. And if you feel very strong about being, be strong in that decision and that feeling and speak up on it. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing I've, I've done lately is just to take what has been on my heart and, and kind of just think about it and weigh it and, and whether I need to share it or not really, again, just comes from my heart. So um, it's really, it's really been kind of just, again, putting yourself around good people, getting to know them uh, and, and how they work um, and how the world operates. Because again, you can't always think how you want to think about things. It's got to be about others. Um, and, and so the, the more you learn that um, about putting others first, uh, it, it's helped me a lot. A lot of people think, um, I'll say this, a lot of people will always think that assistants want to be head coaches. I, I could be a head coach one day. I've been a high school head coach. I, I loved it. it. And it's a different feeling than being an assistant at the high school level. So that one seat over at the college level, I am certain is way different as well. Um, and so I, I could be an assistant for a while. Um, I, I enjoy being in the gym and, and building those relationships with the kids and just sharing your journey um in that aspect and so that is something that I feel very strong about is just being able to you know get in the gym be a, make a difference and, and impact the kids lives I see you coach Simmons go ahead <laughs> yeah you probably shot it took him this long huh um <laughs> coach uh I'm Willie Simmons head football coach at Florida a and um, first thing I want to do is I want to commend you on your background. That might be the, the the clearest background that I think I've ever seen on a Zoom call. So that's that's a that's a nice backdrop there. I mean, it's crystal clear. We got a pretty nice gym, couple banners. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the, the goals are so good. You almost feel like you'll see players out there shooting around right now, something like that. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but um, but now we we've been doing this for a while, like 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 Chelsea said, and um. You know, it's it's just refreshing to see someone so so humble. You know, your humility just exudes throughout everything about you. You know, so that meek spirit um, that God has placed on you uh, definitely speaks volumes for you. So you may not be a, a, a big talker per se, um, but just your your, your your humbleness, just your calmness, um, it speaks a lot louder than uh, maybe you realize. And um, you know, but we thank you for that, and, and just you know, made me think about something we talked about faith. Um, as coaches, and it's so, it's so ironic that most of us on here are coaches, and we talk about our Christian faith and having that blind faith. Well, that's what we ask our athletes to do every day. Every single day, we ask them to trust something that they don't see. You know, take this step, run this play, you know, do this move, and it will work for you in the long run. You know, and that's, that's the premise of our whole program is to get them to buy into that philosophy, and that's the same thing in our Christian walk. You know, again, we're, we're asked to take these blind steps to achieve a, a prize at the end. And so I think there's just so many parallels between what we do every single day as coaches and what we, and what we ask our student athletes to do and then how that, you know, correlates to our Christian walk every day. So I, I just, you know, that's, I think that's why I'm able to have that blind faith because, again, I can't be a hypocrite and ask my starting quarterback to trust that there's a 300-pound guy about to hit him 
and you can't see this receiver coming open, but just throw it to this spot, and I promise you he's going to be there. You know, and God is saying the same thing. I don't know what tomorrow brings, but just trust that, you know, if I do what he asked me to do, that the end result is going to be positive. So I just think that's something that we can all take heed to, just have that blind faith, trusting that God is our head coach. He's the one that's designing the plays. He's the one that's coming up with the schemes. He's the one that's, you know, telling us the fundamentals. And if we just trust and believe that, again, the victory is in the end. So, again, I appreciate you for coming on and just, again, sharing your testimony with us. Uh, again, just your, your humility is so refreshing because I'm that A-type personality that's rah-rah, always talking, and it's always good to see somebody on the other side of it. And uh, you can you can have success both ways. So God bless you, and uh, thank you for everything you do. I appreciate that, Coach. I guess I let me see. I guess I could take over. anybody Anybody else got any more questions? I, I just noticed. Chelsea's computer is having an issue. Real quick. That's okay. That's all right. Let's see. Oh, we got some questions inside. Let me see. How would you say your own court demeanor versus off court? Ah, uh, um. My on court versus off the court. Um, I was a point guard, so I, I can be emotional sometimes um, on the court um, and passionate about some things. But um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty calm, cool, and collected. Uh, my head coach will tell you now. She she'll say, you know, I like to sit down during games next to you because you keep me calm. And you know, I just try to again just have that calm spirit. Um, I think you can think logically um, alongside that. Um, but on the court, I'm, I'm pretty passionate. Uh, I'm the first to, to give a player a high five. I was the first pay, person to chest bump or anything as a player. I'm, I was a, a screamer, yeller, whatever. I was the biggest hype man um, in the littlest body. So um, I, I still do that as a coach. Um, sometimes I forget that my heels are a little bit too big. Um, and, and so I still, I still have that in me. But again, I try to you know, remain calm um, on the sidelines because I think the game, uh, you know, you got to be good at X's and O's. I know we can talk about, I know I've been saying good, being around good people and, you know, having good athletes that you can develop. You still got to know the game, you know, can you read the defense when it's so many seconds on the clock and you down three. Um, and so to have that calm spirit, I think has helped me understand the game of basketball in time to score situations or to be able to break down um, a defense and see who's on our offensive player and not be, emotional about our, our player just hitting a three um, two possessions ago and so I, I think that on the court I can I can be passionate uh, but yet on the sideline kind of have a calm demeanor if you see me sitting on the sideline sometimes I, I'm looking like I'm not even there and I'm really just focused on the ball screen defense the help side like how are we going to get this next bucket and so um, I, I will say I'm pretty calm cool and collected uh, and, and passionate at the same time. And that's really on and off the court. I mean, I mean, my players now will tell you, you know, if they acting up in the classroom, that that's that guidance counselor in me. I don't want to ever see anybody have to go through the struggle that I went through because I wasn't a bad student. I just had a tough time in life. 
Um, and I really failed one class and that was it. And it was Michigan State standard. So I don't ever want anybody to, to feel that and that, that realness of that. So um, I, I try to be very transparent with my, with my players on and off the court um, in a lot of ways. Uh, sorry about that, y'all. Uh, did something really crazy. There was a question that was asked for you. It said, what suggestions do you have for a coach that has a great winning record and has numerous accolades that wants a shot at the college level? Uh, I would say just put yourself on different platforms. Um, the Final Fours are always kind of great to attend and just put yourself around people. Um, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, if you haven't, uh, taking advantage of this quarantine time, you might be behind the eight ball a little bit. Um, I've been in Zooms, which I call rooms now, that I would have never been in with people that I should have never been in um, just by, you know, being present on social media, just by liking, just by, you know, sending those DMs. Um, I've had conversations with high school coaches. Um, people had a lot of time to sit and talk and to build those relationships. And so, um, I took a lot of advantage of those. Um, I, I've been in situations, like I said, um, I was on a Zoom where it ended up being five people in Carol Owens, and I would have never been able to, to get, go to the Final Four because Carol Owens probably would have been competing for a championship and sit there and have a conversation. So um, I think that, you know, taking this time and this opportunity um, to really grow and, and use those avenues um, on the Zoom calls or whatever research you can um, now is important. Um, obviously, uh, in season, going to institutions that are near you, watching practice, um, building those genuine, genuine relationships. A lot of us have already been on that grind. I, I've been told, I've been told no to a 40 hour volunteer dobo job. I said, I gotta have a job. I need, I need, I gotta pay my bills. And, you know, I was told no. And so we've all been on a journey. We've all been told no. We've all been kind of, um, you know, pushing forward towards something, but I think it's about, you know, your fight and your, your ability to find the next door and to make the next genuine connection. Um, and, and so reach out, reach out to us. Um, don't be afraid. I, like I said, I started with a, a freshman team that got taken from me. So we, we've all been um, at a level um, that you may not believe or think uh, and had a story. So obviously we all have social media now, just send those messages. Don't be afraid. Um, to really, really get to know people because we don't forget. Like, I have some of my best friends started at the D2 level. Um, high school coaches, I've still been on Zoom where I'm the only college coach. I still have those connections. So we don't forget. And a lot of us pull up um, and reach back as we start to get older in the business um, and, and build our own staffs one day. So um, just really try to make those genuine connections and be consistent in reaching out about them. Coach, do you ever think this is Bruce Daniels? I'm a high school coach here in Tallahassee. Uh, we have one and done on the men's side. Do you ever think in your lifetime that we will have a day where it'll be a women's side, where it'll be one and done in college sports? Ah, uh, that's a great question as well. I, I, I think it could, um, just with a lot of the rules going on. You know, you can now get paid, uh, or not now, but that's something they're looking into, um, is getting the players getting paid for their likeness, um, things of that nature. It, you know, it, I struggle because I've been a student athlete and I, and I understand um, both sides, but I also, I feel like you lose 
a lot by missing those college years. You know, I, I think that going to the men's side of being one and done, they're, they're getting a, you know what I mean? They're getting a nice paycheck where they are going to be able to hire a financial advisor, hire somebody to give them life lessons or to have personal life coaching. Like they have avenues. And so um, we are going to get paid more in the WNBA now, but is that going to be enough to help prepare us for when the ball, stop, when the ball stops bouncing? Um, I, I think that that's key. Um, I know for myself and a lot of athletes, they lose their identity. I mean, you've been playing since you were like at the YMCA getting subbed in five out, five in. And then all of a sudden you graduate from college and you don't have a jersey, you don't have a shoe, nobody really reaches out, nobody asks you what your season is. So it's a whole new identity. Um, and I think that, that we have to focus on that. Um, and so I, I'm going to say I hope it doesn't go to that way because I think it's some of the best times to just grow up and to learn who you are as a person, as an adult. Um, and, and to really find yourself, especially as a young woman, um, they're, they're completely different than um, young guys. Um, and, and so I, I think we will see it one day, um, but we'll see. Thanks, Coach. You're welcome. We have anybody else? All right. Well, coach, I think there's another question in here. Maybe. Is that, are you talking about Coach Simmons? Oh, yeah. Let me see. <laughs> Got you. Can you hear him? No, I, I was answering that question that somebody asked about going from the high school level to the college level. And just basically saying, I mean, a lot of times, you know, you got to ask the question if you're willing to humble yourself and maybe start at the bottom, you know, because. Like Chelsea, for example, extremely successful <clears throat> successful high school coach. Um, you know, if you want to jump into college, though, would you be able to? Would you be willing to drop back down? Is that if God is leading you to do so, and be a low level assistant or a grad assistant or someone that you know you may have to take a pay cut? And that's just the decisions that we have to make in our professions. Sometimes you got to go down and go up. You know, and again, that takes humility. Um, that takes hearing from God because if he's if he's leading you in that direction but saying this is the path that it's going to take to get here. If you look at the Bible, you know, there are many individuals who had to go through the mud, so to speak, <clears throat> before they realized their destiny. And so for us, I mean, my career started, as I, I told my daughter last night, my career started, my first job, I made $16,000 a year coaching Mr. Daniel's son as a quarterback. The next year I went to college as a GA and made less than that and, and really had to just stay to the course and believe that God had something greater for me. And, you know, 14 years later, I'm a head football coach. But, you know, we live in that microwave generation where many of us want that quick, easy path. And, it, you know, it got, a lot of times God doesn't line it up that way. So, you know, to whoever asked that question, that was my response is, you know, are you willing to, to humble yourself and just hear from God? And if you are, he may be telling you that your path to becoming a college head coach at the Power Five level may start in the video room, much like an Eric Spolster or someone like that, you know, so – um, it was really more of a, a, a answer to that question. And then um, the last part, I was messing with Mr. Daniels. I got three daughters, and uh, one of them going to be one and done. Right. So I said, done. I got a whole bunch of women's coaches over here, so y'all take notice. 13, uh, five, and, 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 and newborn. So one of them going to be one and done. That's that's a long time before that hum comes. So y'all just be on the lookout. Well, I hope I'm still around. <laughs> I hope I still, I'm still around. But I'll just say two things, because uh, you said that. Um, and I tell this all the time to to people who want to get into coaching because there are a lot of high school coaches or GAs, but, you know, 
if I had to go back and do it over again, I would still be director of basketball operations. I've always wanted to coach. Um, but those two years of sitting to the side and really learning and watching, um, I've seen people, you know, freeze on scouting reports. I've seen, you know, coaches getting – I've seen it all. And so that was really before I even had to be that person freezing on scouting reports like I've done before. So, you know, I, I think that those two years of sitting back, you know, is something that you don't want to do. You Everybody wants to just do what they want to do. But, you know, using – that path and, and your journey, uh, it, it could be very humbling, like you said, and, uh, and in the long run, make you a better coach. I think that it has helped me um, just kind of sustain who I am as a coach by just those two years of sitting around and, and watching. Um, and another thing I'll share lastly is, you know, there's a, an assistant that's kind of been, you know, a mentor from a distance for me um, and has always kind of looked out for me. I uh, was an assistant at Penn State when I played at Michigan State, um, but she was a an assistant for about 25 years before she got an opportunity to be a head coach. And so if you really think about that, you know, we, we wanted to be from a high school to jump to this level, but she was an assistant division one for 25 years before she got an opportunity and to stay, to stay faithful and to remain the course. And she's a woman of faith too, um, to stay faithful on that journey. Um, she just got her first head coaching job. She completed her first year um, last year, but that was something that, you know, I have now instilled in my in my mind and my heart is that, you know, if you're really truly for the kids, um, it doesn't matter where you're playing it, just grow there. Um, your journey will come. And God, again, is going to place you where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. So um, just two things, like I said, just to take take with you um, and move forward with. That coach, Coach Gartner, who had that comment, he said um, he thanked you both. And he said, Coach Willie Simmons, uh, he is definitely not minding uh starting from the bottom to arrive back he says that i'm a 20-year um coach i've won 500 plus wins and i'm a 10-time coach of the year but i do not mind so just want to give you that feedback so great feedback on that um coach what i will say is to what you just said um and speaking about that assistant coach and what you're doing is it goes back to that scripture you told us the race is not given to the swift and i think that if we continue to you know listen to god and and follow where he leads us and be obedient where he has us. Um, that's when, you know, all of those things will, will be added unto us. So I just want to personally thank you, uh, coach, Soror, during the, in the coaching game, just for being on here. You said, you know, multiple times I'm not a speaker, but, you know, just like Coach Knotts and everybody said, yeah, okay, you are. <laughs> Reflecting that muscle. Um, I love that you lead by example, but your words today and this dialogue has truly helped um, many of us. So I just thank you so much for that. Guys, tomorrow uh, we're going to pause this format. Uh, we will be on. So if you either follow uh, Coach Jessica Kern, Coach Willie Simmons, myself, and a few others on Facebook, we're going to stand in the gap for everything that's going on and just have an hour of healing. Uh, we have a, a lot of individuals that are going to come on from ministers to law enforcement officers that's just going to stand in the gap for a moment. We'll even have Royce Lovett, um, was actually, you've probably seen him on The Voice. He's a Tallahassee native that's just going to come and give an hour of healing. So if you're on Facebook, Look for one of us, um, message me or DM me. We'll also, I'm working to have it on YouTube and to get those things done for use. And then on Thursday, we have Coach Huff. He's actually on the call right now. He'll come back to our regularly scheduled um, Bible study and he'll be giving us a word. I saw down in the chat, he uh, said that's part of 
what he'll be talking about on Thursday. So God is moving, guys. And I'm just so thankful that every day you all come and, you know, fellowship because it makes us stronger, not just as coaches and leaders, but as men and women of the of the word. So I thank you so much, Coach, for being here. Um, you know, is there anything final that you would like to say before we get off today? No, I just want to, again, thank you for, for having me um, and just being able to share uh, my journey and my story. Um, and if anybody um, needs to reach out, um, I can put my information on the side and, and we can stay in touch from here on out. That would be great, Coach. Coach, do you mind closing us, and out, closing us out with a prayer like you did? My word's not working today. Yeah, absolutely. Dearly Father, here I am again. Thank you for this opportunity that you provided. Um, I, I know this was nothing but your work, and, and I ask that you continue to guide me, continue to guide us on this chat um, to do your work uh, faithfully. So, again, thank you for using these platforms to bring us all together um, across the country um, and keep us safe and guide us in the future. So in Jesus' name I pray, amen.